When a doctor is called on to do a house call, he doesn't really think anything of it. But when he visits that house, he ends up coming face to face with the genie from Aladdin's lamp. The real story. And then we take a look at a true crime story that's so bizarre, some doubt that it even ever happened. Is it possible there is a murder that is so brutal that it's being scrubbed from the internet as we speak? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys have a lot of fun activities planned. Guys, I wanted to say this. I get emails all the First off, let's bring in our Patreon supporter and then we'll go into that. Given she's like standing there, she's like, that's a weird introduction. So she's a little puzzled. She didn't know she was going to introduce so quickly. Nicole Boyle. Nicole Boyle is our newest Patreon supporter. She is walking in, hula hooping. She has hula hoops on her hands. She's knocking a bunch of stuff over, a bunch of scientific experiments I've been working on. No, my mutagen. Nicole, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Now, as Nicole is continuing to wow us with her hula hoop skills, guys, I get emails all the time from you. It makes me feel so awesome. So many of you guys have emailed me saying how my 90 Days to a Better You challenge helped them take steps to achieve their dreams. And that's amazing. So I'm bringing it back. Starting now. Right now. Right now. Set a timer. We are bringing back 90 days to a better you. Now, it's not officially 90 days. We're actually going to go to... Well, it's January. So February, March, April. By the May 1st, I want you guys to be in a better place than you are right now. And I'm taking this journey with you as well. 90 days... 96. But 90 days to a better us. There's a passion project you've been working on. Now is the time to start it. If you want to start training for that half marathon or that full marathon... Do it. You want to start rebuilding Grandpa's car? Do it. This is what we're going to use these 90 days for. It is a time for us to look at what we really want to do and do it. It's such a simple thing, but we constantly put these roadblocks and we put these roadblocks in front of us. And I've gotten so many emails and it makes me feel awesome. It makes me feel really, really good. I get these emails all the time from people saying, look at what I've done. Look it, they're holding it, they're breaking into my house. They're like, look it, look it, they're waking me up in the middle of the night. I get these emails and it makes me feel really good and I'd been thinking about bringing it back. We're definitely bringing it back. 90 days to a better you. Let's all be in a better position May 1st than we are right now. Could be a small change, could be a huge change. So so let's do this. 90 days to a better you. I want you to keep that. We'll do reminders throughout the next 90 days. I'll be breaking into your house. Wake up, wake up. Did you do anything today? Let's keep doing this. Wallace Waddles, one of my favorite authors, wrote The Science of Getting Rich. He put it out like this. Every day, every moment, you're presented with two choices towards your goal. An effective choice and an ineffective choice. That's just the reality of things. If you want to lose weight, the effective choice is not eating that Twinkie. If you want to be an author, the effective choice is to write today, not play that video game. If you want to be a game designer, maybe the choice is to play the video game and stop writing that novel. Stop writing that Buffy Jason slash fiction. 90 days to a better you. Let's do it.
Nicole, you know what vehicle we haven't used in a long time is the Dead Rabbit Dune Buggy. Every time we take this out, war pups attack us. But I think we're ready now. We got some Molotovs ready. We got some we got some hula hoops with razor blades attached to them. If the war pups chase us, we'll just throw them at them. I'm going to toss you the keys of the Dead Rabbit Dune Buggy. Nicole, get us out of Dead Rabbit Command. We're headed out to India. Dune Buggy is driving out. We're headed to Meerut. That's in Uttar Pradesh in India. The year is 2018. That's the dune buggy sliding to a stop. I guess she could have just stopped. I guess she could have just slowed down. But no, it has to be dramatic. Kicking up dust. We, we spray dust all over this poor doctor. He's dusting himself off. He's like, I never. His name is Dr. Lake Khan. And he recently had performed surgery on a woman named Samira. Not Samara from the ring, which would be a terrifying way to do surgery. But Samira, <laughs> the name is not just associated with spooky movies. So she, he had recently done surgery on Samara, and now he's going to her house for some post-surgery checkups. And so he knocks on the door. It oddly sounds like a card table. Sounds like he knocked on a $10 card table from Walmart. Door opens up and there's a man there. His name is, 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 ugh, dang it. His name is, is Mudden. Is, his name's not <laughs> Is mudden, but is is mudden, is what it looks like. <laughs> he's like he's super. He gets picked on all the time. He's like I'm not mudden. Is mudden is standing there, and Doctor Doctor Khan's trying not to laugh at this dude's name. Is mudden is standing there, and is mudden's friend is standing there as well. And Doctor's like, hey, nice to meet you guys. Uh, but I also just move out of the way because I got to do my post surgery checkup. I got other stuff to do. I only have seven days to do it in because I'm pretty sure this girl's going to crawl out of my television set. But while he's there and he's doing this post-surgery thing, Ismudden is talking and he's like, hey, so uh, I hear you're like a doctor. <laughs> he's sitting there with his stethoscope. He has a little medic bag. He's like, yes, I'm a doctor. He's like, so you like being a doctor? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. He, you know, it makes good money. And Ismudden goes, you know what? If you really want to make good money or anything, really, anything at all, he says, you should try this. And Dr. Khan looks over and Ismudden is holding a lamp. But not just any lamp. Not like a lamp you buy at Lamps Plus or Walmart along with your card table. A genie lamp. It's like an old school looking genie lamp. Dr. Khan kind of rolls his eyes. He goes, what, what, is that like supposed to be a genie lamp or something like that? Like, come on, dude. He's like, I don't believe in genies. I don't believe in magic lamps. I believe in science. I believe in medicine. And Ismudden goes, well, that's all well and good, but I will tell you this is a genie lamp. It's 100%. Not only is it a genie lamp, it's the genie lamp. You see that document? You ever see that documentary, Aladdin? Yeah, I did see a lot. <laughs> it's not a documentary, Dr. Khan says. Not a documentary. It was animated. You know, real life's not animated. But Ismudden goes, no, no, he's not deterred. He goes, this is actually Aladdin's lamp. The gen- There's a genie in here. Now, the story should end right here, right? Dr. Khan should just go, genies don't exist. And if they did, you don't have one. But he doesn't. He has to keep coming back to this house to do checkups. But I also think he keeps coming back to this house because he's a little curious about what's in this lamp. Now, here's the thing. I am not the most gullible person in the world, but if you told me you had a lamp, if you told me you had Aladdin's lamp, I would <laughs> I would look at it. And I'm going to rub it, right? Now, I'll tell you this. Haven't you ever been in like a Goodwill store and you see old lamps and you rub them? 
I do. I also, here's a tip. Whenever I'm in a Goodwill store, I go to the luggage section almost right away and start going through the pockets. Because a lot of times people leave money in there. You go to the jackets and you look through them as well. I'm basically a scavenger. I'm basically Templeton the Rat from Charlotte's Web. I'm looking for apple cores to eat. No, I go to Goodwills and I rifle through the luggage. Basically, <laughs> they're like chasing me off with a broom. But also you rub lamps because come on, most likely genies don't exist. Rationally, genies don't exist. I'll probably ever, never meet a genie. But <laughs> you want them to, right? That's why we listen to the show. You're like, just don't listen to the show because I think genies, <laughs> genies exist. I listen to them because I like weird stories. That doesn't mean I believe genies exist. Whatever. Tell me that you've never rubbed an old lamp. Exactly. That's what I thought. So anyways, but at a certain point, I'm not going to keep going to this dude's house. And when the guy says, tell you what, I will sell you this lamp, you know that it's a scam. Because if you had a genie lamp, why would you sell it? I guess you could say, well, I already used my three wishes, so I'll sell it to you, and then you'll get three wishes. And you'll wish, you'll first wish, you'll wish you never bought this. But... I would say if that's true, then how come there's not a, how come you're not a billionaire if you had a genie? Like, why would you need any money at all? And he's like, I have a gambling problem. I have a really serious gambling problem. I started trying to buy other lamps. But anyways, Dr. Khan's hearing this story. And his, his mudden goes, listen, not only will I sell you this lamp for only $200,000, which is a steal when you're talking about the elemental powers of the universe, but I know you want proof, right? I know you want proof. He rubs it. And then you doubters, you naysayers, a genie shows up. A genie pops out of this lamp. Now, he doesn't actually see him materialize out of the lamp. <laughs> he just kind of walk- walks around the corner. But it's a genie. It's a genie. So at this point, Dr. Khan realizes that maybe magic works differently than that documentary Aladdin. When you rub the lamp, the genie doesn't mystically come out. He just walks from around the corner and goes, I am the genie from the lamp, the genie says. And Dr. Khan's like, whoa, I believe that. No one ever comes. <laughs> no one can just walk around a corner. And Dr. Khan goes, okay, so I that's magical. That's magical. Can I make a wish now? And they go, no. And then the genie walks back around the corner. He's like, oh man, the magic has already left the room. I will sell you this lamp for $200,000. Now, Dr. Khan goes and he starts taking money out of bank accounts. So what happens is Dr. Khan isn't able to get the full $200,000, but he gives them $40,000 as a down payment. So they take the $40,000 and Dr. Khan goes, so you have $40,000, can I have the lamp now? Because it's like a down payment. When you buy a car, I've never bought a new car, but you pay like money down and then you drive it around and you make payments. Now, I'm sure Dr. Khan is, right? That's how that works. I'm sure Dr. Khan is thinking... Well, this is perfect. I'll give him $40,000. I'll get the genie. I'll wish for $200,000 and then give him the 40. Oh, I'll wish for way more than that. But once I get the genie, I'll make a wish for the money and then pay them with wish money and pay myself money. But they won't give him the lamp. He's giving them the $40,000 down payment. They go, no, you have to give us another $160,000. We're not giving you the lamp. And Dr. Khan, at this point, he goes, hmm. He begins stroking. I can just imagine he has a beard at this point. And he starts thinking about stuff. And he's thinking, first off, he's thinking, hmm, I might have gotten ripped off. I probably could use that $40,000 for literally anything else. And it would have been a better investment. Two, it is quite odd that his friend is here. <laughs> quite odd that his mudden has a friend. He's kind of a dork. 
And then it's also very odd that the genie that appeared looked <laughs> looked identical looked identical to his friend. Hmm. Now he did say his mind goes. One of my wishes was <laughs> one of my wishes was that the genie looked exactly like my friend. And the doctor goes, "Good point. That would that would explain that why a man would use one of his three wishes to make the genie look identical to his friend." However, and after a long debate about this, Dr. Khan finally comes to the realization that he got ripped off. He totally got scammed. He starts to think about it, and he's like, wait a second. First off, genies aren't real. Despite what Jason Carpenter does at Goodwill, they're not real. Uh, secondly, why would you need a, to buy, why would you need to sell a lamp? If you had a genie lamp, you'd be super rich. Also... <laughs> back to the first point genies aren't real but also his the genie looked like his best friend he ends up calling the cops the cops go in they arrest his mud and they arrest the friend they're actually looking for samira i know she's not mentioned much in the story but in the articles it seemed like she did play a part in it i read a couple different articles they're looking for her the most suspicious part of all guess who has the genie lamp now the police hmm I'm wondering, you're like, Jason, it's just the lamp, it's just evidence. But think about it. Could you imagine if the police got a genie lamp? Like any police force, because basically they would just be like, who killed this person? <laughs> Actually, they'd probably just be like, genie, please don't let anyone get murdered for the next five years. So yeah, the police now have a genie lamp. If it turns out that this city in India, they have absolutely no crime, and the crime they do have is solved incredibly quickly. Might be that the police officers are passing around a genie lamp or that they've solved the social issues in their town and maybe the rest of the world could learn from how they deal with stuff. But either way, there's probably a genie involved. And Nicole, let's toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind India. We are headed out to Wichita Falls, Texas. Da, 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 da. As we're flying away, we see Samara crawling out of a well. We're like, ugh. Hope the cops never, <laughs> hope the cops never find her. She's going to possess all of them. We're leaving behind India. We are headed out to Wichita Falls, Texas. Specifically, we're headed out to the Shepard Air Force Base. I gotta give a shout out to a Reddit user named Don't Eat Razor Blades. Because this story is so obscure, I never would have found it if I didn't stumble across this Reddit post. And not only that, but they did a lot of research on it as well. So, Nicole, you're going to land us at this Air Force base. Luckily, we're all wearing our little military uniforms, little Air Force uniforms, little hats. We're walking out. We're saluting people. We're saluting just like janitors walking by. We don't know anything about the military. We're saluting squirrels. They're saluting us back, oddly enough. But we're not here to walk through the Air Force Base. We're actually headed towards base housing. It's September 25th, 2000. This story's a little rough, too, guys, so strap in. A father who's stationed at the Air Force Base gets off work, and he heads back home in base housing. It's middle of the afternoon. He opens the door. He walks in. Everything's normal. He walks into the kitchen, and he sees that all of the racks that belong in the dishwasher are laying on the floor. You figure... Like, what would be going through your head at that point? You would just think, oh, someone must, one of the kids must have been playing around, pulled a bunch of racks out. Maybe someone was cleaning something. You, you wouldn't think anything was up. But when the father opens up the dishwasher to put the racks back inside, his son is inside the dishwasher, and he's dead. Christopher Morris was 11 years old. 
the story as it's presented to us, the story as you will see it in the very, very few mentions on the internet, goes like this. Christopher Morris was uh, raped, tortured, and then murdered. And then his body was crammed into the dishwasher, and the dishwasher was turned on. It ran a full cycle. When the father came home, the house was quiet. The only thing that was out of place was the dishwasher racks on the ground. There were hundreds of interviews done. Different investigative groups have been looking into this over the year. And when I say that, I'm not talking about like, like FBI was involved, Air Force was involved, local police was involved, trying to figure out what had happened here. No one ever got caught for it. And there's pretty much no evidence for this story outside of what you'll see on the internet. You, you will see four or five different sites say the same thing. The date, the victim, the dishwasher, the rape, tortured, murdered, and that no one was ever caught. And I'd seen this pop up first on this Reddit post. As I began investigating it, I kept seeing this same sharing events pop up to the point that myself and others started to think that it was true crime creepypasta because there was nothing else you could find on this case. And this is one of those cases that because of the sheer brutality, because of the age of the victim, because no one was ever caught, because it took place on a location that you'd think was super safe. But this story almost seems like creepypasta. This story almost seems not real at all. It's fairly recent. It's, it, it is pre-mainstream internet, so that is a knock against it. But it's within the past 20 years, it's a super brutal crime in a very safe location. What's going on with this story? But because there's such a limited amount of information on this story online, whenever you talk about this story, and I imagine it may happen for this podcast as well, I imagine it may happen in the YouTube comments, because the story is very hard to find online, when you talk about it, friends and family members of the victim show up. In the Reddit thread talking about this, where someone was like, hey, I found out about this weird story. I don't know any information on it. Does anyone know anything about that? You have Reddit user Parseval19, who claims to be Chris's stepbrother and best friend. And he said, you know, it really pisses me off because after 20 years, there's no info on this story at all. And he also said, I'll tell you this right now, I don't know anything about the sexual assault and the torture. He goes, I was a little kid when it happened. He goes, I did not know about that. He goes, I don't know if that ever happened, but the, my brother was killed. I just don't know about the sexual assault and the torture. But he goes, no one's talking about this at all. You'd have Reddit users pop up and say, my chemistry teacher was Christopher's stepmom. And I remember that week, that month. I remember all of that chaos that was going on. I didn't hear a lot of information about it. But the story's true. And you'll see people fill up these Reddit threads, and you think that's super suspicious, right? But there's nowhere else for there to congregate. There's also a website called Penile Code Avenger, and at first I thought it was a spelling error, but it's focused on crimes by men against women, and I would assume children as well. They have this article on children who are brutally abused on military bases. They said when you look at the statistics, children are more likely to be abused or more likely to be more harshly abused on a military base than in the civilian population. And this article says nothing about Christopher Morris in the article. But one of the first comments somebody says is, hey, you know, speaking of child abuse on military bases, have you ever heard the story of Christopher Morris? Now, this was back, this article was written back in 2005. So this is five years after. It's far more fresh. 
someone in the comment section goes, hey, have you ever heard about the story of Christopher Morris? Even five years after the event, this story was so obscure that the comment section is flooded with friends and family members of this child. This is the first time we see that the sex assault and the torture are linked to the story of Christopher Morris. This this 2005 comment on this page is the first time we see that. This is really the earliest thing that we see somebody writing about this. We'll put a little asterisk to that right now, but there's 35 comments on this article. And in those 35 comments, we get his best friend, his schoolmate. That person actually leaves their email, their personal email, and says, if you guys have any other information, email me directly. The cousin of Christopher Morris also leaves the email. His sister leaves her email. The medic who responded to the accident, Christopher's mother leaves her phone number. This is all still available on here. Leaves her phone number on this. Actually responds to a comment that her daughter had made earlier and says, I appreciate that people are still even talking about this because the story was completely buried. This was the only place they could really communicate. Also commenting, we have another classmate, four separate neighbors comment on this thread. Hey, yeah, no, this story is true. I know, Christopher. You have a student of Chris's dad. He was a teacher on the base. And then he had his karate sparring partner. We still have the mystery about his death, but you also have the mysteries. Is any of this true? Is this creepypasta? Now, as I'm reading this in my head, I'm thinking it's very, very, very suspicious that when anyone ever mentions this story, a bunch of people show up claiming to know this person. But then I have to remember, I did an epi- I've done a, a, quite a few true crime episodes on this. Two of them in particular, the Askier story about the guy who pretended to be a burglar and ended up murdering the woman that he loved. And then the guy who strangled prostitutes because whenever he banged the prostitute, he thought the prostitute was morphing into his father. I get, and I'll put those in the show notes, I get YouTube comments and emails on both of those from people who know those people. And it's kind of the same thing. People go, it's nice to know people are still remembering that story. I Sometimes I feel bad because I was making a bunch of jokes, but I never made jokes at the victim's expense. That's one thing I don't like to do and I try not to do. But even that, like, you look at the YouTube comments for those, I get personal emails, but when you look at the YouTube comments for those videos, that I hung out with that guy in high school, he's a total weirdo, not the victim, the killer. So it makes sense that they would all gather, but there are people who are suspicious that this crime ever took place in the first place, because you can't find any info on it outside of a paragraph that you'll see, and then you have all these people showing up, and they are giving their phone numbers and their emails. The mother, unfortunately, passed away in her 40s, so she's passed away by now. Uh, She died of a heart attack. But everyone's been trying to figure out, is the story real? Well, we go back to Reddit and we're going to meet Twinkle Sweet Stars. And they were actually able to find an Air Force newspaper called The Shepherd Senator. There's an issue December 8th, 2000. So a couple months after this murder. There's a statement written by uh, Brigadier, Brigadier General Chris Cook. And this is what it says in this article. It mentions that a child named Christopher Morris died on base. It says that it's unknown if it's an accident or foul play. says they are working on it. They don't know. says there is no threat to the community. It does in... So right there you think it's kind of... They don't know if it's an accident or it's foul play, but if the story of him being sexually assaulted and tortured and murdered... That should be pretty obvious, right? Like, you can accidentally get locked inside of a dishwasher, but those other things wouldn't happen to you. 
So either the brigadier, <laughs> either this military official was trying to sugarcoat stuff, or the idea of all of that horrible stuff may have been added on later. Because even when all of the other people were quoting, when the sister was there and the mom was there, they weren't confirming the sexual assault and the torture part of it. They were just saying that their uh, loved one had died. And that the mom was like, I'm glad people are remembering them. They weren't so much... Fo- and the, the child may have been murdered. This is a dark episode. Sorry, Nicole. <laughs> Nicole's waiting in the car concert. She's like, ugh. But the other stuff could have been added on because in this article it says we don't know if it was accident or foul play. It does say there is no threat to the community and it does in this article mention dishwashers. It says we've gotten concerns from parents that they're worried their own kids may crawl into dishwashers because there have been all this talk about dishwashers. So that part of the story is true as well. But that's So basically the story we've been going around as far as this article, as far as we have from this article, is... A child died in a dishwasher. They're saying, we don't know if it was an accident. We know if it was foul play. However, the article does also add this, which makes you think that they are withholding information. One of the things listed in the article was they said, parents have a concern when people move out because base housing, you know, the transitory, people are getting transferred around and things like that. When you move out of base housing, do they change the locks? And the answer was no, they don't. So if it was a strict accident, it wouldn't matter if someone else had a key to get in your house. You just got locked into, he was goofing off, he crawled in the dishwasher, and he died. So that made it a little, they're saying there's no threat to the community, however, to answer the question, someone else has a key to your house. There were obviously suspects. First suspect obviously was the father, because he found the body, but he was dismissed as a suspect. There was also, and this is where we start to get into local rumor land because there's nothing to back any of this stuff up but you had a story of a dishwasher repair person show up which that would be super easy to track down how many of those are in any city right like four (laughs) right how many dishwasher people are actually in your town a mailman a mailman out delivering mail then you had a story that apparently there was a coach who would stop by his house every so often he was a suspect or bullies, that local bullies came in and took him out. And that's where you had the stepbrother go. He never mentioned that he had any trouble with bullies. That was something that the stepbrother had mentioned when he was talking on Reddit. He hadn't heard that he was having trouble at school or anything like that. All of those leads have been checked out. I think those are really just boogeymen, really. I'm not saying that mailmen don't exist, but I think those would be suspects you would kind of think of in your head who's out around a house in the middle of the day. But those would also be the easiest people to check. Because you only got one mailman in the neighborhood. You, again, don't have many dishwasher repair people. And the coach, obviously, you would know. You would just check all the coaches in the area or his particular coach. This story is just, it's weird on two levels. One, you have a very brutal, unsolved crime on a safe location, a military base. Although, according to the Penile Code Avenger website, they're not that safe. Especially for children. Just the rate of violence against children is higher. Again, according to the statistics from that website, are higher than the civilian population. But it's also weird because there is no discussion about it. And there has been the suspicion put forth that there is a reason why there's no discussion about it online. That there are elements actively suppressing this story. Because this is true crime bait 101. It really is. 
It has all of the things you want in a true... It's funny when you talk about things you want in a true crime story, because obviously you don't want any brutal crimes at all. You wish that it would just all end. But when you're researching true crime, there are certain stories that pop out. Homecoming Queen is killed. Kids get killed. Again, this sounds... It's not like I have a wish list, but you know what I mean. There's certain narratives that become more popular than gang violence you don't read a lot of true crime novels about just gang violence or if you do it's about the biggest gang in brooklyn and their rise to power from the 70s and then their fall to power in the 90s and the scariest thing is this guy this perpetrator still out there even if he was a full-grown adult even if the dude was 40 years old he'd only be 60 now raped and murdered a kid and threw him in a dishwasher and got away with it for 20 years not only got away with it, but the crime was forgotten by everyone outside of that base. The only news article we can find about it doesn't even call it a crime. It's still out there. And how many other Christopher Morrises has he left in his wake? How many other children have been murdered and the crimes just disappeared? A terrifying story that is lost to time. And the people who lived it have to suffer from not only losing a loved one, but watching his memory completely be erased. It's like Christopher Morris was killed twice. First his body, and then his memory. And a killer could ask for nothing more. Because how can you catch a killer if you don't even remember his victims? deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be your email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio twitter is at deadrabbitradio Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day but I'm glad you listened to it today have a great one guys <laughs>